The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And happy Tuesday. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Bish, along with George Kurtz here on the show. Two hours of fantasy sports talk as we're getting you ready already for the Thursday games in the NFL. We have three games as per usual over the last, I don't know, 15 or so years in the NFL. We got uh, two early games and then, of course, one evening game. And then we're going to recap last night's game, if you could call it that. On Monday Night Football, but George, my friend, uh, happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. It's great to be with you one more time here as we put a bow on this uh, this Tuesday. What's going on? What's going on indeed? Uh, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the NFL season, right? Some baseball signings we've had happen here. We hear some other big free agents want to sign before, uh, I guess, the lockout, whatever we're going to call it, in, uh, what, 10 days? So uh, a lot of news going on. Hockey's in the swing of things. I love Thanksgiving. It, it is my favorite holiday, Craig. Uh, ever since I became a grown-up. I was a kid, of course, it was Christmas. But uh, food, family, friends, and football. And I'm a Cowboy fan, so you sort of can't beat it. I look, I'm looking forward to Thursday a whole lot. Yep, so am I, for sure. And, and certainly uh, we'll have you covered here, for sure, with Pro Football Today on Thursday morning. So sport, Sports Grid rolls on as we continue on. Let's get to our headlines here on today's show. Well, Monday Night Football really did not go as advertised in terms of excitement, but maybe that is not a big surprise to, I think, most people as the Buccaneers dominate the Giants on Monday night. LeBron James suspended one game for his altercation with Isaiah Stewart, who got two. He will not play tonight against the New York Knicks. As George mentioned, the baseball hot stove percolating just a little bit here as Anthony DiSclefani Signs a three-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. It looks like San Francisco is trying to what they would call roll it back here for another year. Unfortunately, we got some news uh, today that the Saints tight end, Adam Troutman, is going to miss four to six weeks with an MCL sprain. I know yesterday they also extended Taysom Hill. Uh, This is news that we'll probably find out more about and see more of Taysom Hill maybe on Thanksgiving night. And also... Uh, we found out this morning that Philip Lindsay's time is done in Houston. Very short period of time. Uh, Houston has basically turned their backfield over to Rex Burkhead and David Johnson. And, of course, Mark Ingram was there as well. Lindsay will be picked up by somebody, but probably in fantasy should not be picked up by you. So going back to the game last night, though, really funny moment happened when Tom Brady, yes, Tom Brady, rolled out of the pocket and had a... 11-yard rush in an NFL game, a very rare sighting for Tom Brady, who is uh, basically my age, or is almost my age, and you know not quite George's age, but close enough. Brady talked about that long run after the game last night. Mike made a big one. Chris made a bunch of big ones. I missed Cam on the touchdown there at the end. So we left some out there. Uh, wish we'd have had the other one before the half. But uh, just keep pushing forward. For Mike to uh, 
said the franchise record was 72 career touchdowns. He's still such a young guy. Can you just speak to, you know, what it's been like for you to come here and to have him? Yeah, he's amazing uh, in every way as a player, teammate, friend, uh, leader. Um, he's just awesome. So love being out there with him, love playing with him. Um, he really sets the tone for that group. So he had a great night. Obviously, uh, that discussion on the game itself, we'll hear from Tom Brady on his run coming up in just a couple of minutes when we do our fantasy standouts. But, uh, George, real quick, going back to that game last night, Mike Evans is pretty much fantasy locked and loaded, and so is Chris Godwin. Unfortunately for you, George, oh, I'm sorry that you didn't pick up your win with Godwin last night. But better days are to come with your Godwin in Tampa Bay, I assure you. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's, I needed eighteen point five points, and when you get you know the first, it gets the first drive, he gets the touchdown. That, that was I think he had more than half the right there on the first drive. He had like ten points. Like all right, this is uh, I, I wasn't gonna say in the bag, but I'm looking real good here. At halftime, he gets a couple more. I'm like fine. And the fourth quarter, all he needed I think was three point five points. It's a half point PPR. I'm like okay, still gonna get this. And the Giants are just terrible. I'm like oh, oh. they're they're gonna close up shop here. They're gonna close up shop, and they did. You know, they, they tell Tommy didn't play the last couple of drives there. I'm like, this is great. I lost because the Giants are terrible. Thank you so much, Daniel Jones, Aaron Judge, and Jason Garrett is still serving me after all these years. Thank you, Aaron Judge, man. For him to be coaching that game last night for the Giants, oh, it's see, just crazy. I, I got my I got my little judge figure here for you. <laughs> Okay, judge yeah. figure. Uh, close enough. Well, there'll only be one judge in New York, probably. Well, there'll be a lot Joe of judges judge. in New York, but there'll probably there'll only be one coaching. I would guess uh, around next year if Aaron Judge is coaching. I'm not even sure about guy. that. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, the the, the pass that he threw uh, Jones to the the lineman was just. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I I personally have enjoyed this whole Peyton and Eli broadcast. So that is the one that I am watching more more often than not, and and I find it entertaining even when the game isn't good, which really can be said for a lot of NFL games, unfortunately, but that's kind of the way that I see it. But you're right. Uh, Giants are in, in need of an enema of some kind. And I, I don't know when they get it or how they get it, whatever the case may be for sure. Uh, okay, so we're off and running here on the show here on Tuesday. Let me set you up with plenty more to come. Lots of NBA discussion coming up later. We're going to set some DFS lineups for you. We're also going to uh, have Jim Sanis on our show today, FanDuel and Numberfire, and he's going to set your lineups for this coming Thursday in the NFL with the three games on Thanksgiving Day. So we're going to get a little bit ahead of the game today to make sure that you guys are taken care of as your holiday, of course, comes a lot closer. But we are here every day, noon to 2 Eastern, myself and George Kurtz, and also, of course, my co-host Davis Maddock as we talk fantasy sports with you. If this is your first time watching, thanks for jumping aboard here on SportsGrid. And we'll be right back with our fantasy standout from last night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish and George Kurtz until 2 o'clock Eastern. Thanks for being with us here on the show today. In case you missed Monday Night Football, uh, certainly the first half was somewhat compelling, the second half not. But you played a lot of players, I'm sure, on Tampa Bay if you had them on your roster. So let's take a look at our fantasy standouts for those of you who are interested in that from last night. We have Tom Brady yesterday throwing for 307 passing yards. Also, uh, 10 rushing yards, as we'll hear, may have been one more than that. Two touchdowns, one interception. My, no, nothing on the running game, although Ronald Jones has scored a touchdown. Mike Evans was 6 for 73 in a score. Chris Godwin was 6 for 65 and a touchdown. And then Rob Gronkowski, of course, making his first appearance in almost two months, had six catches for 71 yards. But really, the funny highlight of the game was watching Tom Brady roll out of the pocket and basically have one of the longer runs we've seen from him in a long time. And he was asked about that about after the game yesterday. How much did you enjoy that 10-yard run? Looked pretty nifty on it. 11-yard run. <laughs> <laughs> they don't happen very often, so I do remember how far they go. So that was pretty good. Not only do you get the first down, but you high-step out of a tackle. When yeah. the last time you did that? It's been forever. Probably never. Probably never. That's not, my, uh, that's not what I do. But good to have it come up. So good. I'll, hopefully I can do that again next week, too. Make a couple of those. Yeah, we'll see about that. One point in fantasy for Tom Brady on the rushing yards. Let's go over to the Giants real quick. Daniel Jones, 23 of 38, 167 passing yards. He also had 10 rushing yards, one touchdown and two interceptions for Jones. Saquon Barkley, much ado about nothing. If you waited to start him, unfortunately, probably a mistake. 25 rushing yards, six receptions, 31 yards. Uh, but honestly, that's about 11 fantasy points, so not a complete bust there. Kadarius Tony in and out of the game yet again. Seven receptions, 40 yards, running backwards on some plays, I noticed. And then Darius Slayton, four receptions for 37 yards. So let's, George, start off with the Buccaneers. And look, the running game was kind of non-existent for Tampa. But they were very fortunate, I thought, yesterday to just run into a really poor team. And I don't know that there was a huge takeaway with like Tampa being back after the way that they had played recently, uh, Washington and New Orleans, the last two games before that. But the NFL is littered with these sort of teams. And if you could just take care of business, you end up getting right. And I think that's what happened with them yesterday. Well, I think generally in the NFL, if you don't make mistakes, and mistakes include penalties, stay away from the holding penalties, the 15-yard penalties, and don't turn the ball over, generally you'll win games. I think more teams lose games than actually win games here. Now, Tampa took what the Giants gave them. Giants were playing that two-deep shell, which a lot of teams are playing now. Two deep safeties, and they took the underneath routes. They were patient. If you're willing to do that, once again, you'll move the ball. Teams assume, though, that a lot of teams aren't going to be patient. They're not going to take those three, four-yard passes. They're going to want to throw the ball down the field, and that's where you get the trouble in the two deep zones. So uh, it wasn't a pretty game. I mean, the Giants scored 10 points, and let's face it, they don't even get seven of those if not for that interception that went off Evans' hands. The Giants were terrible. But the Buccaneers 
did what they had to do. I mean, fantasy wise, say Brady had over 300 yards. Godwin did have the touchdown, six for 65, I think was his final total. Evans had the touchdown as well. We got scared with him for a little bit when he came out after that one catch where it looked like, I don't know if he hurt his back. I don't know. It was hard to tell what he was uh, worried about there. But he was hunched over a little bit. So he came out. Gronk did. Uh, he came back and he was solid. One thing about Gronk, Craig, does he ever catch a ball and not get hit hard? This guy's like it's an easy target. Like he's got a bullseye over him. He just He's so big. He always gets crushed on every hit. There's never a time where he just barely goes down. He always gets hit hard here. So I wonder if he's going to be able to make it through the season again. They'll get better. Antonio Brown, I think he'll be back in a week, maybe two. We'll see what happens with this vaccination thing. Uh, but they'll they'll get better, but they're not quite the offense they were earlier in the season. Yeah, and, and, and again, part of that was Fournette was running the ball so well, and I, and I think that that was a big dynamic. We'll see. Listen, I've been stashing Ronald Jones this entire season waiting for something. He's just basically not a playable player, but I'm going to hang on until the playoffs or at the very least to keep him just to see if he ends up doing anything. Now, going back to the Giants here for a minute, pretty much a massive disappointment with the except. I don't even know if there's an exception, honestly, to this, George. And, and look, Tony, I guess, in a PPR league, ended up getting 11 points. So if you needed that going into the game, I guess you're okay here. But look, if the Giants decide to do things differently next year, and I don't know even what that would look like, I'm not even sure what Saquon Barkley is at this point, George. It's it's, it's sort of been years since we really know. And, and it may be a bad representation of that last night against the Bucs, who have the best run defense in the NFL. But Barkley's essentially, I think, auditioning for other teams in the last two months of the season. You're, I, I don't think you're wrong, by the way. I don't think you're wrong at all. The Giants have a ton of decisions to make. You know, I made the uh, you know, the Aaron Judge reference before when I just said Joe Judge. I'm not so sure Joe Judge is going to be there next year. I would be shocked if Gettleman is there next year. All right, Daniel Jones, they need to make a decision on him. Doesn't look good. They have two number one picks next year. They may need to go out and get a quarterback, even though this is not a quarterback-friendly draft coming up. It's nowhere near like it was the past couple of years. So that's an issue. Jason Garrett almost certainly is not going to be back. You heard that in the Joe Judge news conference last night. He was asked specifically about that, and for the first time, we'll sort of evaluate that rather than, yes, he will be. So that lets you know what things are changing there. They're a mess. The Giants are a mess. And, you know, I don't know where the next win's coming from, right? When, I mean, their schedule is not – it's not brutal, but it's not easy. They do play the NFC East teams here, but they play the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles this week. Eagles are on a heater, right? They're playing very well right now. And then the Philadelphia, they get – Miami. Miami's still sort of in the hunt here. Then the Chargers, then the Cowboys, and Philadelphia again. They do get Chicago in Week 17. Maybe they can beat Chicago. It's in Chicago. And the Washington football team. This could easily be 5-12. and 12. And that might be being nice. 5-12. and 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this yeah. could be a major house cleaning. Yeah, I, I just don't see a ton of promise on, on, on that team. And, and they did go out in the offseason and signed a guy that has basically been unplayable in fantasy in, uh, in Kenny Galladay. I mean, that, that to me is a, is a surprise. Like, I, I just can't believe that you can't even use him this season. He was basically drafted at the very worst as like a wide receiver two and has not even come in amongst, I think, the top 40 or 50 wide receivers in the NFL this season. So that is definitely for sure. Uh, what about? Let's go back to the Bucks. What about their run game for a minute? Any chance that this sort of normalizes itself out with more of Jones, or you think that last night was just right guy, right spot, right time? I think last night was game was over. Rojo's going to play. Yeah, let, let's not wear out Fournette. I think that's what it was last night. 
All right. I think Brady Fournette already has more catches this season than he had all of last year. I think Brady likes throwing to Fournette. We know Fournette's the better back. He was a good back. He had ran out of favor in Jacksonville for whatever reason. All right. They had their issues. They let him go. And Tampa Bay picked up. So I don't expect Rojo to get much, certainly not more play than he got last night. He's not going to supplant uh, Fournette without an injury there. So if you're holding on to Rojo, I'm not blaming you for doing it. Any running back with a pulse has value here. But I'm not going to be all that encouraged because he got some garbage time play last night. Yeah, probably not for me either. Uh, last thing here, and, and that is you mentioned Antonio Brown, but feels pretty good owning Davis. And, and you mentioned, I know Godwin did come through for the way you wanted to, but I mean, these guys are pretty much playable every single week the rest of the year, matchup proof, correct? Like there's just no doubting those two receivers on Tampa Bay. Yes, I mean, they're all, when they're all playing, you're playing them all here. And it's Godwin, unlike uh, what Steve Levy last night in ESPN, you listened to the Manning cast, I listened to a little ESPN, Levy kept calling him Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin on the Bears. It's driving oh. me crazy for a while. Godwin. It's driving me even crazy because I had him, I needed the points. Get his name right, I need points here. So yeah, he kept calling him the wrong name over and over again in the first half, he corrected oh. it in the second half. All right, good, good to see that. Uh, okay, so... Um... That's basically the story with the Bucks and Giants. Let's put that one to bed. And, of course, Monday Night Football. You know, sometimes we get good games. Sometimes we get duds. I didn't have any fantasy implications last night, so I was just watching for fun, more or less. Coming up next, it's time for us to take our first look. And, by the way, uh, those of you who are getting ready to make moves, probably a look that you need to make right now with just some potential players on the waiver wire for this week. Now, of course, we have a couple of teams off. We will get to that in a minute. Also, we'll talk about potential bounce back upcoming fantasy football playoffs and players that you may want to consider maybe potentially making a trade for if you still can in your fantasy league. So stay with us and stay on the grid. Plenty more to come here with George and I here on this Tuesday. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be right back. Great, great. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Twenty-eight hours from now, week twelve of the NFL season will begin. Yes, it's the fastest start to any week in the NFL this season. That, of course, is because of the Thanksgiving. Day games, the first game beginning at 1230 Eastern, 1130 Central. So that is 48 hours away from now. So we are going to get you ready for week 12. First, George, let's touch on the two teams that are off this week. We have Kansas City getting the bye week and Arizona as well. 
interesting. I, I think stories for both Kansas City kind of turned it around a couple of weeks ago with their offensive effort. And then this past week against Dallas, I don't know. I, I guess it was okay and acceptable, but it was really their defense that played very well. So people who have Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, I think those three primary players, you have to find alternatives this week. And on the side of Arizona, I think if you are a Kyler Murray owner in a season-long league, you're feeling pretty good about this. Uh, if you got through it, that is, where Murray basically hasn't played in three weeks. He gets the bye week, and then he gets to come back. But naturally, where you lose out on with Arizona is all of those other offensive weapons. No James Conner this week. I mean, you haven't had the Andre Hopkins in weeks. Rondell Moore had 11 catches this past week. So all of those players are out. And, and two teams that look like they're headed toward the playoffs as well. So not a massive bye week. Not like having four teams off, George, but... Certainly uh, two, two and, and some names on these teams as well. You start with the Cardinals here. The Cardinals are a definition why all these teams that complain about injuries can't complain. Cowboys, for instance. You said it. Kyler Murray hasn't played in, what, three weeks? Hopkins longer than that. They don't have the top two running backs now. Granted, Connor hasn't missed a game yet. So you can't complain. All right, you can't complain at all here. They're still winning games. All right, deal with it. Uh, so I think if you're – like I said, if you survived not having Murray and not having Hopkins – you almost certainly will get Murray back after the bye. I would think you're going to get Hopkins back as well here. So if you survived, good things should be coming for you. As for Kansas City, you know, they beat up the Raiders in Week 10, right? Scored 41 points, I believe it was. They looked good again. And then the first drive against Dallas, they marched right down the field to get a touchdown. You're like, all right, here we go. Everything's back now with Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey. And then the rest of the game, they get four field goals. Now, I do think in the second half, I think this is a game with Andy Reid, and if, if, if I'm right, Good for him. He sort of saw Dallas ain't scoring. He could see it. This defense playing that well that Dallas was going to be able to score. He didn't want to give them a short field. They did it a couple of times anyway, but he didn't want to really give them a short field. He played it safe here. And I don't think he – I think there's a lot of win there as well. He was worried about that. So maybe that's part of the reason why they kept settling the field goals here. But I'm hoping over the bye week, Craig, that this gets fixed. They'll get healthier if they have anybody banged up here, and we move on from there. One thing that was curious, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire came back. I thought they might still go with Daryl Williams over Hilaire because Williams had played that well. Nope. Right. Williams was back, was back in the milk cart. When he had three fantasy points, it was all about Hilaire. He's the guy you want, not Williams. Yeah, no, it looks that way. Kansas City also with McKinnon not playing him at all. Uh, you know, Benjamin went back to, you know, essentially being a nothing. And then we'll see, you know, certainly if Arizona gets Edmonds back, that would be a big name in fantasy to add to the options in week 13, but not an option here in week 12. So, those teams get a complete week off. Now let's talk about some potential waiver wire targets for those of you who have to make these moves tonight or tomorrow. Taylor Heineke this week, George, goes up against Seattle. And Heineke, the last two weeks, looks like he deserved the job. I don't know where this came from. Dontrell Hilliard is another interesting name, especially if McNichols does not play their third down running back because it looks like he's getting a ton of volume. Tough matchup, though, by the way, at New England. With Carson on the injured list, DJ Dallas is a possibility at running back against Washington as well. Jamison Crowder the last few weeks has been way more active at wide receiver, and Joe Flacco, you know, likes to find those guys over the middle, so perhaps Crowder in uh, Houston. And then uh, well, I, I guess we're back down Mar Marquez Valdez-Scantling Road once again, where we've been down this road, I feel like, every year for the last three years, has a really big game, and then you put him in your lineup, and then he does nothing again, so... I'm not all that interested in him, but let's go, let's run through these names here, George, and any interest in adding on the waiver wire this week. 
Yeah, let's go. You got Mahomes, or uh, once again, you've been playing the uh, streaming quarterback for Kyler Murray. Heineke has played okay. He's a workmanlike quarterback. He never looks great, right? He's not a natural at it. He doesn't have the arm of an Aaron Rodgers, or he's not fluid and can run the ball anywhere near like Lamar Jackson, but he gets the job done. He does play a weak Seattle secondary, although it's a defense that has played better of late. Maybe it's the competition they're facing, whatever it is. They have played better of late, but Heineke, yeah. Depending on who else is on your waiver wire, I'm okay with him as a replacement for Mahomes. Like I, said, I think the matchup does fit him there. Now, it is on a Monday night, primetime game. Now, maybe he wilts a little bit, but he played in a playoff game last year. I don't see that happening. I'm not all that worried about Heineke. I'm okay with that. Dodge Hilliard, you said it. This is one of the uh, big games of the day, right? Patriots versus Tennessee here. Patriots, unbelievable. I, I mean, I did not see them winning this division. They just might do it. I still think Buffalo wins it in the end, but – uh, what, what Belichick and McDaniels have done with Mac Jones, they now they're playing very careful with Mac Jones, right? They're not right. letting him loose here. They don't want him to make the big mistake, but they're bringing him along well. They got their players back from last year who set up because of COVID. Some additions there, but defense is playing well. I never have any idea how they win games, not with those skill position players, but they do. Hilliard, however, on Tennessee. Now, we said about Foreman. We said about AP. They're nothing great at this point in their careers. Foreman never really was. AP, of course, he's a Hall of Famer, at one, uh, but he's not that anymore. They'll get what the block can get you. Foreman, Foreman might get a little bit more. So I think there's going to be room here for Hilliard once again to catch those passes out of the backfield. And at PPR, I am interested. I think this will be a much better game than what Tennessee played last week. How Tennessee lost to Houston and the Jets this season? Beyond me. Mm. I have no answers for you here. None. I am probably not interested in DJ Dallas. Uh, I understand, once again, running back, post in a heartbeat. Yeah, you have to pay attention. But uh, I don't like what I'm seeing with Seattle. I think this is another organization, Craig. Everybody might go. I think the Maybe. GM might go. I think I think Russell Wilson's going to get himself out of there. And I think Pete Carroll, I think he's at the press conference. I think it might be time for him. He might get out of there. I think, I think his voice is getting a little old. You know, they're not listening to him anymore there. So I think it's another organization that's all sorts of problems here. Not interested in any of them. No, thank you. Crowder, the volume will be there. I have to assume it's going to be Zach Wilson. I have no idea why they went with Joe Flacco. Why? Why? What does he do for you? All right, even if you win the game, so what? It probably hurts you more than anything else. You get a lower draft pick. If you don't want to play, if Wilson wasn't ready, fine. Go with Mike White. You know, maybe you can develop him into something. We can at least trade him during the offseason or something. Right. Going with Flacco to me was the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen from the Jets. Oh, he gives us the best chance to win. That's probably true. He probably did give you the best chance to win, but who cares? Develop your players here. Just idiotic in my mind. And MVS, you said it already. As soon as you get uh, into MVS, it's going to bite you in the butt. He had the one big game. The one big play really is what he had. And, yeah, I think Ramsey's going to follow Devontae Adams. So I think uh, Aaron's going to have to look for other wide receivers. I'm not going to bank on that one big play. I can't do it. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm I'm really hopeful in leagues where I need a wide receiver that it doesn't come down to MVS. Yeah. No, I I don't think that you can trust him. I mean, we, how many years in a row have we gone down this road of a good receiver having a good game? I remember I've mentioned on the show before, George, Geronimo Allison. Remember when he was a thing for probably about a year and a half where one good game and then nothing. And, and, and who knows with Valdez Scantling, it is a possibility. Let me, let me touch on one other player at running back with Michael Carter out for a couple of weeks, going back to the jets. I, I think George that Ty Johnson's already kind of carved out a little bit of a role. And as I look at the roster, I think Tevin Coleman is on it, 
But I mean, if you asked me how many points Ty Johnson would get this week in fantasy, I would say a minimum of 10. I think he'll catch four balls for 40 yards and maybe rush for a little bit more. So that would be another name if he's out there that I would grab. I agree. I agree with you. Once again, Ty Johnson is probably the back I'd rather have over DJ Dallas. Then again, maybe Soleil asks Frank Gore if we want to stop boxing. We'll play Frank Gore because he'll give us the best chance to win too. So nothing would surprise me with the Jets here. But uh, Ty Johnson, yeah, I'd rather have him over DJ Dallas. As you said, he's already got a little bit of a role. Now that role should be expanded. I would definitely take Ty Johnson over Tevin Coleman. But then again, like I said, I don't know what Soleil is going to do. He may feel differently. He may want to go with the veteran. Uh, I, I just haven't under, I haven't understood the Jets' moves this year at all. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, look, it's it's impossible to kind of know. I think that the surprise for me with the Jets, amongst everything else, George, is that I, I thought the Jets may be sleepwalking on offense through the entire season. But Robert Sala was a great defensive coach at San Francisco. I thought that their defense was going to be really strong. And so that was kind of the thing that I saw that didn't end up happening. Um, let me just throw out another name for you. Travis Homer running back on Seattle. Uh, another name that I see being picked up quite a bit in fantasy leagues, George. And, um, you know, beyond that, they're just, you know, it seems like this is going to be somewhat of a, how about the Dallas receivers? If both didn't play and you found out on Thursday morning, would you pick up any of their backup receivers and, and dare play them? I, I saw a lot of drops in that game last game. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the bad road game for the Dallas receivers here. All right. Uh, now the only, the main guy you want there, even if uh, lamb does play, and I, I'm, I'm getting the feeling he is. I, uh, I'm almost be surprised if he doesn't play now, the way all the reports are going here. And I think the NFL wants him to play too, marquee game, Thanksgiving, Dallas, and all that. So I think uh, Lamb's going to end up playing. Uh, but it doesn't matter if he does or doesn't, because Cooper's not playing. By the way, Cooper, they're saying, hey, he has no symptoms, but he has to be out the 10 days. He has no choice. doesn't matter. So he's definitely not playing here. Cedric Wilson's the guy you want. Keep in mind, okay. this game's in Dallas. Uh, Wilson has had big opportunities before with this team and Dak Prescott. And I think you're going to see Dak rebound, just like he rebounded after that game versus Denver. It was terrible against Denver. They lit up Atlanta. I don't think they'll light up the Raiders like they did the Falcons, not to that degree. But I think 28-plus points are coming again in this game. And Wilson's going to be no worse than your number two wide receiver here. And he could be number one if Lamb is out here. So Cedric Wilson is probably the number one guy I want, period. Okay, interesting there. Check out the waiver wire Wednesday and Thursday and uh, wait till inactive come out on Thursday to make your final decision there on wide receiver. All right, uh, fantasy playoffs are coming up. In fact, just a few weeks away. So what about players that you drafted that you were looking at those matchups coming up week 13, week 14 saying, wow, I can't wait to get there because I have this player. Well, things maybe not have worked out for, I think, some of the players that we're going to talk about next. George and I will decide if fantasy bounce back is up next. Do that here on Sports Grid. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Time for the holidays, also time for you to get focused on following us on Twitter. And that, of course, is at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. For all of the latest news, notes, information, picks against the spread, fantasy content, whatever we're talking about, we're posting for you. And the content is completely free. That's on Twitter, at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. So, George, you're playing in a lot more fantasy leagues than I. I know that is definitely the case. I know that uh, my primary season-long fantasy leagues, I'm playing in a total of two this year. This is the least I've ever played in. I'm down to two. I'm feeling really good about both leagues. I think I'm going to make the playoffs in both leagues. Now, winning it is another story. The league that I'm doing the best in, I have Derrick Henry, so naturally I'm going to need him to win it, I think. And then in the other league that I'm playing in, Uh, Christian McCaffrey just came back, so of course naturally lost a few games without him uh, during that stretch, provided he plays. I'm feeling good about that. Uh, For you, this season, I think you said nine leagues, if I'm not mistaken. What what is the percentage of leagues you think you're going to make it? And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and it still largely was unclear. I'm guessing you have a better picture now. I'm in 11 leagues. Uh, I'm going to make the playoffs definitely in six. I'm no worse than five and six in any league. So, and I play a one points league. Uh, so that's good. But the problem is I'm five and six and six and five in a lot of leagues. I am yeah. right on the board in a lot of leagues. It's weird. Okay. I do have a couple of leagues where I'm nine and two, eight and three. I think one of each of those and everything else is within seven and five wins. So it's driving me insane here. And my points league, I'm sort of, I'm on third place. It's a points league. I'm in third. I'm probably not going anywhere. I think that's where I'm going to remain. I'm not going really hard. I'm not, I got a chance to get second, a chance to fall into fourth. And uh, fourth place wouldn't be the worst thing, by the way. It means I'd get the number one pick next year, so I wouldn't uh, complain about that. But uh, it's like I said, a weird year as far as that's concerned. Uh, I'm going to be fighting for the playoffs in a couple of spots. I'm looking at tiebreakers. That's what you look at now. Oh, wait, what, what comes first? Is it head-to-head or is it total points? How does that last playoff spot get in? Is it total points that gets you in, which it should be, by the way. I'm a big believer in that. You know, six teams make the playoffs, fine. The first five by record. Let the last playoff team be by total points. This way, that team that got screwed, you know, I scored 300 points one week. I played Craig. He scored 301. All right? I, I lost. That's terrible. And, and there's nothing worse that annoys me than that. So this way, I don't you don't get screwed out of that. I always believe uh, the last playoff spot should go to the team with the most points. Yeah, no, uh, most points has to be part of the equation just based on the variance of playing somebody directly in in fantasy football as if there's not enough luck already. I mean, that's a huge part about it. All right, so uh, let's take a look at at some players potentially that may not have had the best 10-game stretch, but maybe we'll pick it up in the playoffs. Uh, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills is someone who was an MVP candidate at the beginning of the season. Georgie still is actually among the top five. I, I, I cannot see him winning it at this point. 2,800 passing yards, 340 rushing yards. So his pace is down on rushing yards from last year. His pace is down on touchdowns too, and his pace is up on interceptions. So, uh, you know, with Josh Allen, George, look, you're going to wait for the matchup. You're going to wait to certainly see who they play. 
But Buffalo has been dicey. Jacksonville offense struggled. Um, last week against the Colts, offense struggled. They play the Jets, they win by 40. You know, like it's, it's just basically been their quality of opposition. And so I'm a little concerned that if, they don't, if they're not a huge favorite, and they were this past week, by the way, but I'm a little concerned that if they're not a big favorite in a game that they're going to play week 13, 14, 15, 16, that the Josh Allen numbers that you've seen may be similar. Oh, I'd be very concerned. So I'm just looking at schedule here for Buffalo. Now, I assume you're playing at least a 13-week season, if not a 14-week season. Most people are playing, right. week, uh, playing 14 weeks. All right, then uh, playoffs are week 15, 16, 17. But let's just say for giggles, y'all, 13 is important. That's New England. That's not going to be fun. I'm not saying he can't do some damage here, but I don't see him getting mega fantasy points. The next week, which would be week 14, is Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, once again, they've got issues on defense, but I think once again, they may, fi- they may fix them by then. That's at Tampa Bay. Not easy. What's probably the first round of the playoffs for most teams is week f- uh, 15, Carolina. That's a good defensive team. They're, I don't think they're going to get wrecked. Week 16, you're back to New England. At New England. I mean, you get a, if you can get to your uh, your finals, I once again, I'm going to assume week 17 are your finals, you get the Falcons. So if you can get that far, there's your bonanza. Right? That's where you should have a field day there. But, Greg, that is a brutal end of the schedule here. And, by the way, the only time I care about schedule is now, if I'm looking at acquiring people. And now I care about when I'm drafting, I don't even look at the sure. schedule. I'm not going to worry about playoff schedules 14 weeks ahead of time. i got to get there first. Now I'm worried right. about it. You can make an argument. If your trade deadline's still up, maybe you want to trade. Allen, if you know you're going to make the playoffs, to get a quarterback that has a little friendlier schedule. Or maybe you're a good backup quarterback to get that running back you might need, to get that top wide receiver you might need. I would probably head more towards that direction. Yeah, and George, you bring up really good points. I mean, that's you know probably very daunting for somebody who hasn't looked at the schedule for Allen coming up, but uh, not much you can do except for play the matchups. And those will get softer for other players as the season goes on. Teams like Houston, the New York Jets, maybe even Seattle, the Giants, once these teams fall out of it and we start seeing these point spreads of 15, 16, and 17, normally I I don't ever lay points, but at the end of the season, you kind of know the direction that the teams are going to go. Now, Dak Prescott brings up a really interesting subject because what we're looking for from Dak at this point, George, is show me back-to-back good games. Like That that has been perplexing to me. Uh, You know, good game, bad game, good game, out. Good game, bad game, good game, bad game. <laughs> like that's kind of been the deal for the year. 2,500 passing yards, 91 rushing yards. We know he's not going to run much this year. And 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So I, I want to believe, George, that this is the guy that I want. He is my quarterback paired up with Lamb and in a league where I'm going to make the playoffs. But I just don't know that I'm going to get like three weeks in a row to win a championship with him. I was willing to throw out that Denver game of a few weeks ago, but what in the world against Kansas City, too, and throwing those interceptions in the end zone? That was shocking. All right, let's look Let's look at the optimistic point of Dak. All right, by the time your playoffs happen, Dallas should be at full strength, assuming they have no more new injuries. No matter what we think about Lamb and Cooper, they'll be back by the fantasy playoffs. Tyron Smith, probably back this week, but certainly back by the playoffs. And Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence on the defensive side will be back by the playoffs so dallas will be at full strength that's the good news right the weapons are all there the bad news is dak and the cowboys their history is they wilt in big games all right the kansas city game was a big game they wilted yeah the win may have played a part and listen i'm not i don't want to discount kansas city chris jones and the defense looked great dallas still wilted 
anyway, look at that, that nine points. Come on. They will. You said the interceptions. What, what's going on here? That that can't happen here. Uh, as I said, Dallas big games doesn't play so well. Dallas have three straight road games coming up. All right. After this Thanksgiving game, they're at New Orleans, at Washington, at New York. Granted, not the three toughest of road games, but still three road games here. And that one against New York could be the, the start of your fantasy playoffs. That one at Washington, once again, could be the start of your playoffs here. Granted, the Washington football team, not a good secondary, and they, they may be done by then. They may not care. Other than the fact that they're playing right. Dallas, a rivalry. So you're probably okay there. The Giants, you're probably okay there. You know, so the schedule is not terrible there. The question is, will Dallas, will Dak show up in big games? Are those considered big games? If Dallas wins this week, everything gets quieted again. Where the division's over again, blah, blah, blah. No one's worried about it. But if they were to lose to the Raiders, then those games become huge games. Three straight road games, and now Philadelphia, if they win this week, there's only two games behind you. And it could be if they win that last week of the season, they're right there with you. That's a problem here. So I'd be a little bit worried about Dallas. That being said, I feel better about Dak than I probably do Josh Allen because the schedule says you're going to be okay and they'll be healthier. Yeah, schedule much better for Dallas than it is for Buffalo late in the season. And again, Dallas playing a lot of indoor games at the end of the season, too. Let's not forget about that. All right. Uh, the beginning of the season, it looked like a lost season, George, for Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver of the San Francisco 49ers. And most of these numbers that you're going to see here are really all over the last month. 29 receptions, 341 receiving yards, three touchdowns on 42 targets. San Francisco at this point, yes, they're still hell-bent on running the ball, but a lot of it has been a combination of Mitchell and now with Wilson and, of course, George Devo Samuel, who I'm still waiting for to qualify at running back. But Ayuk, while he's come back, everyone sort of declared him back, George, and then he had a blip last week. Now he is back playing again this week. And again, to win the championship, Yes, you need one really big game from your guys the last week of the season. Yes, that's true. But to get there, you sort of have to have two or three weeks of consistency. Do you think that Ayuk, starting now, is someone that's going to catch five balls for 70 yards and every once in a while mix in a touchdown, making him a strong wide receiver three or better? I do. I think Ayuk is someone I, I would target that I'd want for a trio of reasons. Yeah, he was in Chateau Bow Wow at the beginning of the season, right? I don't know what he did uh, to tick Shanahan off, but he, well, he was there. Whatever, that's over and done with by now. Now, the three reasons why I think he's going to have a good uh, last, what, seven games here? One, everybody and their mother is worried about Debo Samuel, right? Because he's played so well. Debo's been fantastic. Really fantastic this year. I think he's one of those guys, once again, could be fantasy MVP for the way you draft him, for the way he's playing here. All right, so uh, the defense is worried about him. The best cover corners going on him, right? They're going to have a defensive game plan to stop Debo. Leaves Ayuk alone, right? Leaves Ayuk alone here. Debo's lining up, number two, Debo's lining up in the backfield a lot. Yeah. Uh, which is in some ways frustrating because he only had one catch last week, Craig. That league, mm -hmm. I lost it by three points. I have Devo. Catch a couple of bulls. I win you the league. You can't complain about Devo. Please stop it. I, I can. I can complain about anything. Uh, <laughs> I know you I'm, can. I'm very good at complaining. I'm very good at complaining. Don't take this away from me. All right, I'll complain about you saying I can't complain. All right, so uh, that's that's reason two, though. He's playing running back, so therefore, I use your number one target. Okay, number two, if you want to say George Kittle. I'll give you that. And the th uh, number three reason is, look at their schedule. I mean, uh, once again, you counting week 13, Seattle, bad secondary. 14, Cincinnati, not a good defense. 15, Atlanta, enough said. 
All right, you do have Tennessee in week 16. That could be a problem. And it's in Tennessee. And that could be one year in your, uh, your semifinals, right? So that could be a problem there. And if you get to the finals, Houston in week 17. Yeah, I'll take my shot at Brandon Ayuk. I'll take my shot that week 16 I can win without him. All right, let's uh, close it out with Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. And when we did this segment, George, a couple months ago, he was probably the number one guy for us to target in terms of trade. But my gosh, he went completely silent for a month. And then last week, finally caught another touchdown pass. I mean, his, his numbers, as you can see here, are fantastic for the season. His pace is for what? 75 catches, 1,300 yards, and 12 touchdowns. That's great. But a lot of September and October, George, and almost nothing in November until this past week. So uh, I, I don't know. This is a tough one here because it feels like the later this gets into the season, the more Eckler is being used and, and less Williams. But he did come through last week. I will say that. He had the big play. And that's always scary, right? He's not MVS, Valdez Scantling, but he sort of reminds me of him. You need the big play or else the volume's not there. So he scares me. But that the schedule says yes. Because look at it. You're playing with the Giants. Kansas City, I'm not, I'm not sold in their second day because they had one good game against Dallas. Not sold on them yet. Houston, Denver, it's a 50-50 schedule there. But Kansas City, Denver, scaring me a little bit. I think the talent is there. I just don't know why he disappears from games. So I'm like you. I'm skeptical but probably willing to go there. I'm probably willing to go there, but to rely on him, I like the other guys we talked about much better. Ayuk, give me Ayuk in a heartbeat over Mike uh, Williams. I just like what I see more. Yep, definitely the case. All right, we will take a quick time out here on the show. Uh, a couple of quick notes we'll bring to you coming up next on the baseball hot stove. It looks like a potential extension for one of the better younger players in all of the game. We'll discuss that next. Don't go away. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish and George Kurtz with you here on the show. It is kind of George extension season, it seems like, in Major League Baseball. Yesterday, some crazy reporter, I don't even know who it was, reported that Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins was closing in on a five-year, $55 million deal. I don't even know who that was, George. You may be looking at him now. Maybe not. And now another report coming out today from Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, and now also with numbers being reported by another uh, journalist, Hector Gomez, that Wander Franco 
is going to sign a 12-year contract potentially worth over $220 million. So certainly Franco very young. This will be the biggest contract ever given to a player uh, that had still, what, uh, six full years left before arbitration and not something the Rays generally do. It lets you know, listen, I think the Rays, most of us figure, think they're the best organization, if not all of sports, certainly in baseball. They do things right. It lets you know what they think about Franco, right? That this guy is going to be a superstar. And assuming these reports are true, this just comes out to about $18.6 million a year. Uh, you know, they'll lock him up until he's 32 years old, so pretty much all his prime years. Uh, obviously, if he, if he does become a superstar, he would have made double that. But he takes the security now. Yeah, you know, like I said, getting paid at 20 years old, $18.6 million a year. The Rays have financial stability here now. They don't have to worry about signing this guy. They know how much they're right. going to have to pay him now for the next 12 years. I think it makes sense for both sides. I know there'll be some who criticizes that, oh, you, why are you, you know, you're signing light here? You would have made so much more money. He's never going to spend all this money anyway. Plus, there'll be money in endorsements and everything else that comes along with what he can be here. So uh, I think if I'm uh, Franco, assuming these reports are true, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, and George, the thing is, is that, and now that I've I've been doing this for a while, so much of this, George, you would think comes down to the agent. It really is about the player and the player's family and making that decision, like it was for Acuna, like it was for Ozzy Albies, and before that, like it was for Jose Altuve. So a player's decision really comes down to it. We'll be back with hours two next. Sports happens every day, and we give you expert insights and information on gaming, odds, and more every day. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 